Hey, everybody, this is Marcia Reiner with the Profit with a Plan podcast. And boy, do I have a treat for you today on the show. I have the most amazing person, John Hewitt, with me. And if you've ever, ever, ever thought about franchising, then you need to listen to this show on Profit with a Plan podcast. Hey, entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? If you're like most of us business owners, increasing your profitability is always on your mind. And you're probably looking for ways to grow your revenue while growing your company. Well, you found a podcast that shares ideas to help you do just that. I'm Marcia Reiner, known as the Profit Booster, and I'm a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small businesses to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability guide your growth, and plans for a future exit. Because building a highly profitable and sale-ready business creates a win-win scenario. That's more money now and a windfall when it's time to let go. And I want to share strategies with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have something really special for you, my podcast audience. If you ever thought about supercharging your business with and avoiding the profit plateaus, operational head headaches, and growth roadblocks, well, I've created a brand new Profit Booster Playbook just for you. You'll uncover five essential strategies and quick ways to take action on them. Now, this is not a single-page report. This is a 25-page novella with profitable, impactful strategies, actionable steps, and expert guidance to elevate your profits painlessly. Please or go ahead, let's make 2024 your best year ever. Go download this playbook at boostingprofit.com. All right, my guest today, wow, boy, are we lucky. We've got John Hewitt. John is a renowned American entrepreneur who has made a significant impact in his business world through his innovative ideas and strategic thinking. He is best known for his success in the tax preparation industry for having founded two of the largest tax preparation companies in the U.S., Jackson Hewitt and Liberty Tax. Both companies represent two of the top 100 largest retail organizations in North America. Jackson Hewitt ranks second in the tax industry and is one of the fastest growing private uh, companies in the U.S., John is also a best-selling author of I Compete, How His Extraordinary Strategy for Winning Can Be Yours. John, welcome to Profit with Plan Podcast. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Marsha. Excellent, excellent. So, hey, um, you know, we all I always kind of start this off with because I know you didn't, you know, start your lemonade stand when you were three and decided you were going to go into the tax industry. How did you get into it? And then how did you think that, franchising was the actual bonus to everything you've done. Well, I was uh, one of my many blessings was when I was 20 years old, I found out what I wanted to be. I took, I was at the student at the university of Buffalo and my dad always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And he called H and R block and said, we'd like to buy a franchise in Hamburg, our suburb of Buffalo, where I grew up. And they said, well, as a matter of fact, we're going to open a company store there, so we can't sell you a franchise. But maybe your son could take our course and work for us. And I took the tax course, got the job, worked part-time. I loved it. And uh, that's how I got involved. 
Wow. You know, I, I know there's a lot of us as tax season starts to get on in the year, you know, that are thinking, loving taxes. <laughs> there's there's got to be something else, right? Well, taxes is, is can be boring in a sense, right? That, But the, the beauty of taxes is that Benjamin Franklin said it 250 years ago. There's only two certainties in life, death and tax. And taxes are it's at least recession resistant, if not recession proof. In during the worst recession of our lifetime in 2008 and 2009, at Liberty Tax, we opened 700 new offices. Starbucks closed 650. We were the fastest growing company in, in North America during the worst recession. Because during a recession, you don't have to buy a fancy cup of coffee or a car or a refrigerator or clothing, but you do have to file your taxes. You know, you're 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 so on on point with that. And and what does every business owner want? A recession proof business, something that's always needed and uh you know fear feared uh by many. And uh so wow, wonderful. All right. So then you you started up uh Jackson Hewitt with a friend, right? And then um then you started a second one. One wasn't enough. How? Why? Why the second company? Well, can I answer the first one first? Oh, sure. Yeah. Because because uh, I left I left Block after twelve years. My dad oh. interceded again. I was running two hundred and fifty H and R Block offices, and my dad said, "Let's computerize taxes." So in nineteen eighty one, we quit our jobs and built the first tax software for an Apple computer. You're not old enough to remember a world without computers, but there weren't even 250,000 PCs in the country. And wow. we built the first tax software for an Apple computer. No one wanted it. And so we, again, I got blessed and found a company called Mel Jackson Tax Service. Mel had died. We bought six offices from his widow. One blessing was that it's it was headquartered in Virginia Beach and, and the weather here is a lot nicer than in Buffalo where I grew up. So I've been, I moved to, to Virginia Beach in 1982, and um, we changed the name to Jackson Hewitt. We went public, and 15 years later, we sold it for $483 million. So there was no friend at, that I founded it with. I bought a, a company called Mel Jackson from his widow, and I was the founder of Jackson Hewitt. So See, then, I didn't even I didn't even put two and two together. So thank you for clarifying sure, that. So, sure. but boy, then, talk about talk about. Yeah, then I had though. a non compete for three years, and uh, uh, the non compete didn't cover Canada. Even though Jackson Hewitt has six thousand offices, they're in every metropolitan area in the United States. They didn't have anything in Canada, and having grown up in Buffalo, I knew Canadian tax. So we opened Liberty Tax in Canada. And within three years, became a top 100 retail chain. So now I had built one of the top 100 retail chains in the United States and in Canada. And then in 2000, when my non-compete ended, we came back to the United States. And now I had to compete against myself, my people, my, my name, my software, my system. And yet, not only did we grow faster than Jackson Hewitt, we grew faster than them and H&R Block combined. We opened 4,000 offices in 12 years, top 10 fastest growing franchise or ever. Wow. That's impressive. That is truly impressive. And then competing against yourself. 
That's that's been interesting. Wow. Okay. So so tax software has evolved so fast over the last you know several dozen years. You know, it's it's almost to the point where, you know, there's a lot of us that think that we can do it ourselves and we probably shouldn't. So is your tax software still active in the way that Liberty is using it? And is H&R, well, is, sorry, um, is, is uh, Jackson Hewitt also using the software? Well, everyone, everyone has their own unique software. And in, in many ways, it's generic, right? Mm. It's generic because... Um, some of the software is add line eight, nine, and 10, and that gets to 11. So behind the scenes, the calculations are are all the same. However, the upfront screens are different, and mm-hmm. the best software probes for information. So for That's example, right. if you have rental property, uh, a preparer might not ask you, did you, drive, did you drive back and forth to do repairs or collect rent or because the mileage is deductible. So some preparers aren't skilled enough to catch every little deduction. And so the software is a crutch to help the inexperienced person um, get an accurate and thorough tax return. Nice. Well, thank you for creating all of that and making our lives a lot easier with uh, with the tax software and for creating your companies, making it cost effective for us everyday people to go get our taxes done. So thank you for doing that. But let's uh, let's talk about the franchising model, because, wow, thousands of, of franchises sold. And uh, were any of those company owned or were they all just partners coming in and, and buying the, the, the franchise? Well, I brought in over 5,000 franchisees in my career. So mm-hmm. I've changed, and they had hundreds of thousands of employees. So I've changed hundreds of thousands of people's lives. And actually, you mentioned my book earlier. In my book, uh, one thing that I do in my book that doesn't happen in a lot of books, I talk about my mistakes. And mm-hmm. the second biggest mistake I ever made at, at Jackson Hewitt was when we bought Mel Jackson, we had six locations and H&R Block had 9,000. So we decided that, I decided that we were going to be bigger than H&R Block. We were going to grow from six, not 6,000, six to over 9,000 locations. Well, we never made it. We made it to 6,000, became a billion dollar company, but it was a, a, a big, hairy, audacious goal. And we bought six offices in the first season, six months later. We had 11 locations. In the second season, we had 15. In the third season, we had 22. So that's pretty good growth to go in two and a half years from six locations to 22. Exactly. However, our goal was 9,000. And I said, I'm going to be 9,000 years old before we get there. So we had to change something. And all of those stores were company locations. Mm-hmm. And so we sold all those stores as franchises and began franchising. And we grew exponentially. We grew to 49 and then 197 and then 354. I mean, we just grew exponentially. So I made the mistake at at Jackson Hewitt of not starting franchising from day one. And franchising is beautiful because if you're a quality franchisor, you offer the be- a system of doing business that is second to none. And that's what we offer. And then, but the, you have this benefit that unlike regular businesses where 
you're lucky if you can find 3% of employees that act like owners. In franchising, you get about 100% of people that act like owners. And our owners outwork, out-hustle the company employees at, at the competition. So they're, they work harder, they work longer, they work smarter, they work better than the employees of the other companies. And people, people actually, quality people, pay, have paid me to work for me. Now, I've created a thousand millionaires, but they pay me to work for me. I don't pay them. They pay me. Franchisee pays me to work for the, me. My job is to give them the best system in the industry. I've been doing that for 55 years. This is my 55th taxi. Your job, if I do my job, your job is to follow that system. And, and I think that's that's the brilliance of franchising is, is you're given a business that has a complete system and more often a, a great brand like Liberty and, and, and Jackson Hewitt to be able to ride on their coattails a little bit. But, you know, I've heard so many horror stories of people buying businesses or buying franchises and having it not be what it what they thought it was going to be. How did yours become so successful, right? Well, let me let me expand on what you're saying first about them not getting what they expected. Unfortunately, there are most unfortunately, most franchisors fit. And. To, to give you an exa- a great example of that, there, the, the International Franchise Association is a great organization. They have 4,000 4, franchisors belong to the International Franchise uh, Association. But to be in the top 50% of all franchisors, you only need 20 locations. Mm-hmm. So more than half of the, of the franchisors in the in the country are failures because they never get to even a hundred locations. And so you have to be very careful. You have to do your due diligence. So how did I do it? So how did I, I have, I built, I'm on my third. We've started, we've started loyalty brands that has eight different brands, but at Jackson Hill, we got to 6,000 offices. at Liberty. We got to 4,000 offices just just worlds apart from the most franchise world. Well, the key is is the key is very simple. It's extremely simple and the fra- it's unbelievable because the franchisors that fail don't do this simple thing. And the key is three words. Happy successful franchisees. You need to you need to have ha- happy successful franchisees. Most franchisors, all the ones that fail want a happy, successful franchisor. Well, there's no such thing as a happy, successful franchisor without a happy, successful franchisee. And so mm. you have to commit to have your franchisees be successful and happy. If if they're successful and happy, you're unstoppable. If they're not, you can't win. It's that simple, but most people don't, don't behave in that manner. So, so here's the million dollar question then. How do you make your franchisees happy and successful? Well, happiness comes from, from two different ways, right? And first, first of all, successful is return on investment. And, and, and people think of return on investment in money, but it's return on investment in both time and money, right? So uh, when I invest my time and my money, 
into something, I have to feel I got a fair, fair return on that investment. And then, so that's, that's successful. And then happy is, okay, I've got a good return on my money, but is this a good culture? Is this, are we giving back? Are we, are we making the world a better place? Can I be proud of my branding? So it has, and you know, I, I, Marsha, when I was young, your age, I wondered what was the difference between great companies and ordinary or, or poor companies. And I use the example of Walmart and King. Walmart has become number one employer in the world, one of the most successful storefront retailer. Kmart's going down the toilet. And I said to myself, what's the difference between the executives at Walmart and the executives at, at Kmart? The brain, the brain trust, the top three or five or seven. What's the difference? Are they smarter? Are they more experienced? Are they are they uh, more educated? And I said, no, you can you can hire, you can buy the smartest and the most educated and most experienced. What is it then? It's the culture, it's the attitude that they they exude. And the culture is is different at great companies. And mm-hmm. it's almost it, it should be on your balance sheet, right? You on your balance sheet, you have your equipment and your cash and your notes and but Culture should be an a asset. It's so important to great companies. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I think, you know, you're, you have a partner you're married to for, for a long time in the franchise. As long as you're that franchise relationship, there is a working relationship between the host and the, and the, and the user, right? Um, and I think having that, like, that cultural environment of saying, we're here to make you successful. So if we're here to make you successful, what do you need, Right. And if you have that working relationship, I know any relationship or any partnership can continue and grow strong. Um, was there any secrets that you did in 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 training the uh, the franchisees to be more successful? Well, there's all kinds of secrets. I mean, you 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 have to have differentiators, right? You if if David had gone out to the field with the same sword and and armor and shield as Goliath, there would be no David and Goliath story. He'd be the 189th guy killed by Goliath, right? So you have to have differentiators. So we have differentiators. We have clear black and white things that we do better than our competition. Hmm. And so, um, and and it's not, you, it's not we offer better customer service, right? Because if we call, if you call CEO of H&R Block and said, who offers the best service? He would say H&R Block. If you call the the CEO of Jackson Hewitt, who offers the best service? He would say Jackson Hewitt. But at my new tax firm at ATAX, we clearly have differentiated. If you like, I'll give you an example of, of one of them. Well, one easy example, and, and that sets us apart from not only not only uh, companies in our industry, but uh, companies in all industries. We simply, after the customer's been in, two days later, we call them and say, how do we do for you? Now, guess how many companies in America call their customers and ask them? Everyone does surveys. Everyone sends out emails or hands them uh, something to fill out. But only the people that are most satisfied or least satisfied fill out those silly surveys. We call our customers. And what we've learned, Marcia, 
is that they love being home. Mm. So the retention goes up. Our customers come back more often. And, mm. and I've learned in my career in all my franchise chains that the, the employees aren't good at asking for referrals. You can try to reward them and incent them and you can scold them, you can beg them, but they're not good at asking for referrals. So our caller is a very personable, outgoing uh, person. And they, if the customer says they're happy, they ask for a referral. So we get higher referrals and, and we get to improve on the fly. When the tax season is, for example, obviously is is 15 weeks from January 1st to April 15th, but um, you don't want to wait until April 15th to find out how you're doing. It doesn't matter whether I think we're doing good or my franchisee thinks we're doing good. It only matters if the customer thinks we're doing good. Exactly. That's one of the 18 things we do better at ATAX than at any of of the top other three brands in the country. We call our customers, and and there are, and that's objective. Is that I mean that's clearly objective. That's not subjective. That's objective. I love it. You know, and 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 we all have to do that differential thing um, because you know there are many tax preparers with the same company name at every other corner, right? You know, and and so with that kind of. Uh, um, opportunity for for customers to choose which one they're going to if they're looking only based on price then you know you're in a you're in a losing situation so how do you differentiate yourself and by reaching out and saying we truly care how we did and how we can make it better i think that that separates out and also you know wins you referrals on the on the tail end of that um do you find that your business is um is seasonal uh, in the tax preparing world, or do you encourage your franchisees to find other financial opportunities to work with their customers throughout the year? Well, we have two kinds of franchisees. Um, and uh, one of our, one just likes to work hard for three months and relax the rest of the year. Nice. And so even though they're open one day a week, the rest of the year, they'll often have a, one of their tax preparers, handle those off-season hours and they'll just that's not a bad life making as much i mean whatever you want to make fifty thousand a year two hundred thousand a year two million a year whatever you want to make to work hard for three months and make whatever you want isn't a bad life that's a great life now but that's not enough for for a lot of people and some people want to do other things and so we have over two dozen auxiliary things that you can offer in your office in addition to tax. The most common obviously is bookkeeping, payroll, insurance, financial planning, even simple things like notary. I mean, we have a lot of things you can do the rest of the year that you can keep busy all 12 months and and, uh, that can pay the rent the rest of the year. Love it, love it. Sounds like an incredible opportunity and um, it can be your skill set can improve throughout the throughout the relationship with them. I'm sure you have. Do they have to be tax preparers before they buy the company or or can they can can anybody buy a tax preparation company? Actually, in, of the 5000 people I brought in into the tax industry, half of them didn't know taxes at all. Half of them were either tax preparers or CPAs or accountants who had done taxes. But half of them didn't know anything. And and 
actually, if the people that knew nothing did better, have done better on average than the people that were tax prepared. Because too often when people buy a franchise or go into a business, even if it's not a franchise, they think they're getting a job. They think they're building a job without a boss. Well, that's not what this is about. We don't want tax preparers to own tax businesses just to sit in a chair and do taxes. If you just want to sit in a chair to do taxes, I'll pay you handsomely to do that. We we try, train people to be CEOs. We want you to be CEOs of your business. And the thing that happens if you've already been a preparer or a mom and pop owner, you come in with bad habits. Yeah. You have to and and well people people acknowledge that they're they everyone I know says they want to improve. I you know, I I rarely would I mean 95% of you said, Do you want to improve? They would say, Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, they say, just don't ask me to change anything. <laughs> so, so, yeah, the people that have experience have bad habits. And the number one thing that we need you to do is to put aside whatever you think and follow the recipe that I give you. I've been doing this 55 years. Most, I mean, half the people haven't been doing it 55 minutes. How could you think you know better? And, but it's, yeah. it goes against human nature. Out of the 5,000 franchisees I brought in, not one has listened to 100%. Wow. Well, you know, I, the funny thing is, is you just said it. I have 55 years of success. You're paying me for my step-by-step my -step strategy, right? My, my business in a box. You're paying me for the software and the tools and everything I have. Why would you think you can do it better? If you could do it better, go do it on your own, right? Yeah, you don't have to pay me anything. You can not <laughs> listen to me for free. <laughs> I love it. Not listening to you for free. Okay, so that's probably the biggest challenge business owners have is that they're stuck in them what they think they know better, right? Instead of listening to the experts like yourself, who has done it time and time and time again, 10,000 or more times, you've repeated this process that had the opportunity for great success. So, you know, I, I always, I always wonder why, why they go that other path, but you know, that's like you said, stubbornness in it. But once you lay out this, this step-by-step -step path, right? What would a, in, in any franchise, right? What would a typical franchisee come in and expect the first three to six months or, or, or first year look like? Would it be a struggle or could it be as easy as open the book, start at step one and go, you're instantly moving? It's in a great franchise system. It's open the book. It's, it's, um, we give you step-by-step -step guidance. For example, when you become a franchise in our tax franchise, uh, we, you come to training, you get trained, you get a huge operating bid. Although no one, no one reads operating data. When they have a question, they call up. So we have a support system, but we have weekly calls going up towards the, towards January 1st. Then starting in January, we have calls twice a week. So we call our franchisee more than any other franchisor that I've ever heard of. We we're on the call and I'm on the call on Mondays and Thursdays from January on saying, this is what you need to do today. This is what you need to do this week. So we've already laid it out for you. 
And we ha- we give you a plan of what to do every day during the season. There's 105 days in the season. If it's not a leap year and it ends on a weekday, it, there's 105 days. Every day you have a plan. But we add to that plan, uh, we add examples of franchisees that are doing something spectacular. For example, um, we had one just, I mean, just simple we were going business to business and we dress, we dress in costume. We have our costume is a ego costume and we, we go away. So we walked into an automobile dealer and had a conversation and said, here's some, here's some donuts. And, and they said, we're in the tax business and we're here, we're here to help. And they said, well, how can you help us? And we said, guess what, what the customer, most taxpayers do with their refund. Guess what they bought? And they said, what? And, they, and we pointed out the window, cars. And, <laughs> and they said, wow, that's right. January and February and March are our biggest sales period from people with refunds. And so they were doing a roadside party with a radio show. And they invited us to be on the radio with them and to attend the, the show. So they're giving us for nothing. We're getting all kinds of, of you know, we're getting on the radio. We're getting the people coming in, they're advertising for us. So when we have when we have a, a win, we tell the franchisees. So now we have all of our hundreds of franchisees can go, they can go to automobile dealers and do the same thing that week. Wow. So so you're not just giving them uh the the how to run a business, but you're giving them marketing ideas and promotional ideas and supportive ideas and I'm sure hiring ideas and firing ideas and you know how to how to run a real business because we all know listeners that that running a business is not just sitting at the desk doing the one thing that you know how you're juggling ten, wearing 10 different hats at all times. So these franchisees have to do the same thing, but what a great thing to get all these ideas delivered to you with the step-by-step instructions included in a franchise. So for me, it sounds like it's the perfect way to start a business and have something be successful in it. Um, question for you as we as we start to close, how many and and you know, I know this is, might be a little bit of a tough question, but how many franchisees actually end up leaving the franchise relationship and starting something different? Well, I'm, you know, each year uh, uh, we bring in an average of, uh, in my last 25 years, I brought in an average of 200 new franchises. And each year we keep 90%. I feel that's, I feel that's that's, fantastic. uh, That's, that means that we've selected the right people, we've given them the right training and the right support. So, um, yeah, I feel feel that's um, good. And, um, the biggest reason people leave, surprise it, it's going to probably surprise you. It's it's not because they fail at, well, it's because they thought they wanted to be an entrepreneur, but they're not good being an entrepreneur. And two thirds of this country thinks they want to be an entrepreneur, but come to find out only about 20 or 25% actually can be entrepreneurs. They're not they're not either they're not risk takers or they're they're not self-starters. There's no boss to say, I got to be there at nine o'clock every day. So yeah. they show up at 11 o'clock. And so they're 
They're not self-starters. They're not risk takers. They don't have, they're not delegators. They can't be owners. So, the, and I, out of all the franchises I've lost in the years, I don't know one that went and started another business successfully. Now, there probably are, but I don't know of even one that went on to do something. They just weren't meant to be self-employed. You know, and there's a lot of those out there. Nobody said that this was easy. <laughs> and I think you have to have a certain mindset on top of everything to to know that, you know, it's like, okay, I'm working for the worst boss. Uh, I'm the worst employee of the company and working for a lot less than I did when I was working in the in the for somebody else. So I think, you know, stomaching those kind of uh, challenges uh, is not for everybody. So I'm glad to hear. And, you know, with your success rate, John, um, franchising, uh, being a franchisee sounds a lot easier than the stories I've heard from not just tax companies, but other companies out there of, oh, I bought into this. There's a lot of money to pay each month, uh, you know, stipend to the to the head company and I'm not getting everything that I really need. But it sounds like, I mean, with your success and the 90% retention and and the thousands of people that you've changed their life with, that your franchise model is very successful. So thank you so much for sharing that here. Um, so I know you have a lot more brands that you work with, hence the, the company loyalty brands behind you there. Where can listeners find out more about you and opportunities to become a franchisee, a successful franchisee uh, in the future? I'm easy to find. Uh, you can Wikipedia me or uh, I'm at loyaltybrands.com. And you can even, if you want a free copy of my book, you can send an email to me at john, J-O-H-N, at loyaltybrands.com. And I'll send you a copy of my my book that talks about my journey of starting up, starting up my first two half a billion dollar companies. Wow. That's fantastic. I love it. And, and, and what a great opportunity to learn from, from the best, right? Um, so real quick on you, how many, you mentioned, you mentioned before loyalty brands carries many companies underneath it. Um, give us an idea what those companies are. The, um, the hottest, the fastest growing, even faster than tax is Zoom and Grimmett. It's mobile dog. It's mobile. It's a dog and cat uh, groom. So we surprisingly, we groom some cats. But um, we come cats. to your house and we have a beautiful van. It's done in the van. And I love the pet industry. It's just growing by leaps and bounds. The, yeah, uh, inspect- a lot of money there. Home ins- we have home inspections. We have business broker where you sell businesses instead of homes. Like there's a, there's hundreds of thousands of real estate, but there's only 4,000 business brokers in the country. There's staffing. We have also an accounting franchise that does tax and accounting. Uh, we have Little Medical School that is teaches little children from four to 14. Uh, how I mean, different, 100 different modules of being doctors and veterinarians. And then a roofing, roofing and siding company. Wow, full array of choices that you can get in, and they all have John's uh, magic touch on them for uh, systems and 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 relationships of making franchisees successful and happy. Right, love it, love it. Okay, well, well, listeners, I hope you found an idea or two to put into your business that will help you be more profitable. Or if you're even considering franchising or ever considered franchising and thinking. 
maybe there's an opportunity here. Um, you know, buying a, uh, you know, sorry if I offend, offend you, John, by calling it a business in a box. I mean, it is, when you think about it, it's a full service business with the support and the pieces that you need. Um, That's a compliment. I don't offend it at all. Oh, good. And, and it's, and it's, you know, it's successful already. So why not jump in? It's, it's often for those of us that, you know, don't want to start up our own, our own thing from scratch. You know, this is a great tool for it. So I encourage you to check out John's book and um, Loyalty Brands. All right. As I mentioned, if you want to supercharge your business, go ahead and download my new Profit Booster Playbook packed with five profit strategies and the actionable steps you need to make 2024 your most profitable year. Go grab it for free at boostingprofit.com. And John and I would love to hear your, your franchise success stories. Um, if you're considering franchising, um, what avenue you'd like to play in, any questions you have, go ahead and hit us up in the chat and John and I will respond to it. And while you're at it, please subscribe. You don't want to miss next week's show. And you can always catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. We're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks so much, John. My pleasure. Thank you.